Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Yo, this is Phoenix Jones. This is the Nerdy Show. Get your mind right. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Brandon. I'm Jan. And this is a very special episode of Nerdy Show. I like special stuff. Oh yeah, I know. I know you do, because I do too. Here's why it's special. One, this episode we're covering a fan-chosen topic. It was originally going to be a microsode, which is a 15 to 30 minute episode, but guess what? We're embiggening it, we're making it special. That topic is professional wrestling, and we have a guest, and it is Brian Nobbs of the Nasty Boys. You know, I think at this point it's a macrosode. It's big. Enormous. Massive. Like there's girth to it. Yeah, real girth. <laughs> oh, and it's ripe. And, <laughs> and the other is that this episode of Nerdy Show is also not just a podcast, but a video episode. We're premiering Nerdy Show content on the Nerd Nation Network on YouTube. So, you can listen to this in the car. You can watch it at home. If you're watching while you're in the car, you can watch it. In the not car. advisable. We do not advise that. But, but, but what you can do is have someone drive in front of you and have one of those little kid screens <laughs> yes, and have it drive in the kid screen and you can watch through the back window. You'll still crash and die, but <laughs> I won't a, be in the car, so it's okay it's with It's not me. our problem. Yeah, it's not my problem. We, we mourn your loss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so this episode, professional wrestling, is brought to you by Nerdy Show fan Twomper. 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 I, I like Twomper. Is is that the thing in Mario that? That's a Thwomp. That's a with a th. Oh, it's close. But it is close. It is close. And really, I, I mean, Twomp could be uh, an onomatopoeia for when you hit the mat in pro wrestling. It's not, but it could be. It could be. It could be. It, I mean, it's up to you. You can have your own onomatopoeia. You you choose your own signature I, move, I so you can choose mine. your own onomatopoeia. Anyway, so we're talking to knobs. We're going to do that. But first, I thought we should set the stage with our own experiences with wrestling, our own feelings on wrestling. And I, I guess I'll start by saying that up until very recently, I had next to no appreciation for it, but my eyes have been opened. And I see the drama now, the choreography, the improvisation. I see the art to it. It's still nothing mm. I would ever follow because uh, a bit of an indoor kid, not into sports even when it's uh, fictionalized sports. <laughs> I mean, Mutant League football, maybe? I mean, that's cool. But wrestling, it's maybe a little too real for me still. But I, I love the theatricality of it. But what, what about you guys? I mean, back in the day, when I was in middle school, we watched it a lot yeah. um, on TV. So you, it, got, you actually got into it. It was Yeah, I mean, it. It, it was a drama. It was intense. And I believed all of it was real. So I was like, holy crap, this is happening. Can you believe and it? not only that, but it led to some of the best video games of our day. The, all the, oh. like, the wrestling games on N64, I played those like, no religiously. Mercy. Yeah. Amazing things, and that was my experience with it. But 
when I got older, you know, now you actually appreciate how much work goes into it. And it's ridiculous the amount of improvisation and like exercise you have to do just to keep up with that. I don't know how they did it because I, I could not. Well, I tried <laughs> for a long time. So I, I feel like I, there wasn't a time that I didn't like wrestling. Like we watched wrestling all the time when I was a kid. In Disney's MGM Studios, WCW would perform in the early 90s and we'd go and my grandmother would be like, kill him, kill him. Wow. <laughs> Kill no, him! Rip his head off! Get her in the ring. Right? Like, that's that's what it was like. And <laughs> so we watched chair. it. We watched it forever. We were the idiots in high school that would put down mats and, like, try to beat each other up. <laughs> um, well, see, I did that in the classroom when the teacher would walk out for, like, a minute. We'd have no mats. But the desks would be on the other side of the room. Oh, yeah. Teacher come back and be like, what have you done? Go to the principal's office. Just full-on <laughs> destruction, hurting each other. And then some of my friends actually started going into that. Like, I know wow. a few people from when we were in high school that... Uh, they would do the locals, like the flea market circuits, and they, they kind of got really into it. So I've really faded away as the like modern storylines go, but I, I still have a pretty big appreciation for the sports entertainment. I mean, they're in a lot of ways real life. That's the drama that they're doing is, is a superheroic drama, but it's one that's tethered into only slight mysticism rather than actual like superpowers and so on. But it's it's fascinating because like some of the, the the speeches they give. They are, as we mentioned, improv. They can be almost Shakespearean. I mean, these guys are not just operating at the peak of their physicality, but they're also sharp. I mean, they're like... I mean, they're not reading a script. No. No. Like, like they go in, they make it up on the spot, all the challenges to each other. I got one from a, from a recent guy, a guy named uh, Ray White. He's a complete, like, psychopath character. Yeah, like, like an evil preacher kind of thing. Right, like a backwoods cult leader. His monologues <laughs> are truly, truly amazing. And I'm not going to do this any justice, but here's just a little, a little taste. This is from uh, Monday Night Raw, July 15th, 2013. They've been lying to you, man. There ain't no such thing as a hero. Not anymore. But you, 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 and you, you have become addicted to the illusion of what a hero is. You have become addicted to the illusion of what a hero does for you. You think you need someone to pat you on the back? You think you need someone to tuck you in bed at night, kiss you on the cheek, and tell you that everything is all right? But everything, everything, everything is not all right! What if I was to tell you that the man who made you is a liar? What if I was to tell you that your own flesh and blood turned his back on you? I would never turn my back on you. And maybe the answers you seek have been slapping you right in the face. Or maybe, just maybe, I, Bray Wyatt, the eater of worlds, have been the answer <laughs> all along. Okay, there's no way. He must have practiced that a few times personally. There's I'm, no under, just I'm under the impression the he made that up on the spot. <laughs> He's just See, going for it. Like, I, I have Can a newfound appreciation for them that because was... I couldn't do it that. I could not make up something that great on the spot. I would just freeze and be like, ah, you're going down. <laughs> so, I, I wouldn't be able to do it at all. It's not just, not just eater the, the worlds. I, that's I am the eater like, of worlds. Uh, well, there's so much Galactus. And there's he so thinks much, he's Galactus. Well, there's so much like God like discussion there that's really <laughs> creepy and dark. What if I told you the man who made you was a liar? liar. Like that's that's dark as hell. So is he referring to his parents? Or I don't like, know. Yeah, exactly. I don't <laughs> know. The creator. I mean, he's like. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter what it means. It's creepy. But like stuff like that. And also, there's a comic book that I got really into. It's an indie book called uh, La Mano del Destino by Jay Gonzo, which is. Um, Based on luchador history, traditions, and all that, and it's actually set in an alternate universe where Mexico had the same post-World War II economy that America did. Mm. So it's like a wealthier Mexico, but all political decisions are decided by luchador matches. 
And like it should be. It's about I mean, a, that's, that's what we fair should do here, honestly. It's, it's about a champion whose face has been taken from him, and then, then he has to sort of Scott Pilgrim style take down all the people who shamed him. Amazing story. Absolutely amazing. We'll link to it on this episode's page where you can check it out and order it online. And it's brilliant because the comic itself is made to be an artifact from that world. It looks old. It looks like it's printed in the 60s. But instead of using the same CMYK that American publishing would use, it used a more fluorescent palette akin to the traditions of Mexico. That's like It's cool. so conceptual. Like that, and then actually seeing a match, a local here in Orlando at Full Sail, they shoot some of the um, lower tier. Yeah, uh, NXT. Yeah, That's going to be the WWE's like, feeder program. It's where people like make their break into the scene and mm-hmm. get judged whether or not they're going to step up to the, like, the, the national oh, level. Oh, I thought you just like audition. It's like a huge thing. Like You have to get to that level. There's lots of smaller circuits. There's a ton of smaller federations and groups, so you really have to travel around and make a name for yourself before you even get a chance to kind of break into the... I want everyone to know right now that Channing is the expert here on wrestling and all things wrestling, and I am not. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think of myself as like a red mage, like a bard. Like, I know a little little bit about a lot. But yeah. (laughs) It's impressive stuff. I don't relate to the audience. I don't relate to the people, to the children who I guess believe it's real, screaming and being fed by their weird, awkward, mustachioed coaches, like telling them, like, scream this now. Like, that's kind of creepy. But, but like, (laughs) but the choreography, everything that's happening on stage, it's so ridiculous. It's so funny. It's so well done. You know, there are, some, there are some different federations that do things a little differently, too. One that uh, I'm a big fan of is called Chikara. Okay. And Chikara has this whole conceptualized comic book vibe to it. And they do, like, crazy long storylines with all these characters. They all wear masks. It's all luchador. And some characters have, like, video game powers. And oh. at one point, he did the Konami code on his pants, <laughs> which slowed down time in the match. Shut up. And all of the audience <laughs> knew that that was what his power was. Oh my God. So the audience cheered in slow motion for the duration oh, of his power. Wow. Is this something I can go and watch? It's later? on YouTube. At one point, they did a whole time travel storyline where, like, six months ago, a guy showed up and did something that didn't make any sense. He attacked a guy that he had no beef with, and we didn't know why. And then they never addressed it. He acted like he didn't know what was going on. And then eight months later, a storyline happened where he had to go back in time to stop something from happening. <laughs> no. And it actually had already happened. No. Like, that, it is see, totally. This, this is originally what got me into wrestling back in the day was the extreme stories that happened. But mm. it's, it got it kind of normalized in the it, late 90s. It did, yeah. And that's current. That's is current. That, that's, yeah, that's current. so that's something I might want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, that yeah. sounds actually amazing. It's incredible. <laughs> well, shit. Okay. Let's get Brian Nobbs in here. Let's. Get some background on what it's like to actually be a wrestler, actually get some identity. I, I think like, we had to you know, nastyize the show. Yeah, we, we need a nastyize nerdy you mean, show. You mean nast- nasty size, guys. Nasty size. Nasty size. Get your shit right. Yeah, you're right. Nasty size. Nasty size. Hey, hey, hey. How's everybody doing? It's good, good. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Well, what do we got? Yeah, what are, what are your names here? Dildo, thick face, and asshole, or what, what we got going um, on I'm, I'm It's like face. high school I'm all dick over. Face. Yeah, uh, it's Cap, Brandon, and Chan. But, I like uh, dick face. Cap. Yeah, Cap. How you doing, Cap? <laughs> uh, dick face. Dick face, okay. <laughs> Chan. 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 <laughs> With an N. Chad. Chan. Yeah. Like Chan and Tatum? Exactly. <laughs> so you're, next, you're gonna be in the next, uh, what's that called, Magic Mike? Oh, Magic Mike, that's me, man. Uh, How are you guys doing today? Thanks for having me on, by the way. Well, thanks, thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Yeah. We're hoping this is gonna make uh, Nerdy Show fan Twomper's day. He asked us to do a professional wrestling episode, so. That's great, you know, uh, I used to be a nerd. I was just one of the first Atari players. Really? Oh, yes. Remember when the ballers went, dink, 
Tong. Ding Tong. Ding Tong. I vaguely remember that. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's why, one of my favorites. Maybe that's why I got into pro wrestling. I was watching that crap. I think much. that was a gateway to wrestling. Yeah, well, so well, you, you do so. a lot of dinking and donking back and forth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? But anyway. Dinking and donking. Yeah. Oh, where, where, where's your mind at today? <laughs> I don't know. You're going to watch it. You're break them glasses oh, and shove them up with a crescendo <laughs> shine. I'll tell you that right now. So just before we brought you, we were talking about how excited we were to nasty-size our show today. We're really excited. Yes, we may have to nasty-size it some more. Let's talk about your origin story. You started in 86. Uh, well, it started out, me and my partner, Sags, we grew up in uh, Whitehall, PA, and, you know, we played Little League together. At 10 years old, his tooth was already missing it was ha he only had half a tooth and i asked him what happened and he said uh, my brother shot it out with a bb gun so i knew i'd be <laughs> friends with this guy forever you know <laughs> so years later you know we grew up went to the same high school and uh you know we both got out and uh, i went in the army and he went into college and he got kicked out for hitting the home monitor over the head with a keg of beer dude and, i i did the same know, thing you know but... and i would rather not say how i got discharged from the army but it was a general Honorable discharge. So thank now, you for serving. So yes, well, thank you. And then we go back, and we're getting in barroom fights all the time, and really in a lot of trouble. And my dad works for the township where the police, you know, have their station and everything. So they start telling my dad, "Hey, your kid's doing this," and you know, he's with Sakanovich right there, and you know, our real names. We shorten them down. I'll tell you that story in a minute. But <laughs> finally, uh, you know, it came down to Matt Millen, who played for the Oakland Raiders was a friend of ours. He was four, four years, five years older. And he got us and called us over to his house and said, hey, if you guys don't stop it and get your shit together, you're going to wind up in jail. And he said, hey, Nobs, why don't you try that professional wrestling? You always loved it, you and Sags. Why don't you try it? So back in the day in Allentown, they used to have the TV tapings there. And they always would, you know, have them there. And then we got a hold of one of our friends that ran the hotel and he knew George Steele really good, the animal. Yeah. So we bugged George the animal. And one time we bugged him. And, uh, you know, he might have not wanted to get bugged at the hotel. So the next day, he, he did give me a call. And he invited me and Sag down. And here he had Jimmy Schnooka, Bob Orton Jr. And I forget, I think it was Don Morocco waiting to kick the living hell out of us. I was going to say, us. was it a trap? Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a trap. But I <laughs> called him. And at the time, we were working. And, you know, after that, uh, I called him. I said, we couldn't make it. He said, well, if you're serious about going to wrestling and want to be a pro wrestler, go to Vern Gagne School, and that'll either make you or break you. And he wasn't lying. Brad Reagans was our trainer, and he was an Olympic champion in the 76 Olympics. He won a bronze. 80 Olympics, we boycotted, but he won the gold medal in the World Games against the Russian in 79. But after they boycotted the 80 Olympics, he got into pro wrestling. Vern has this guy being his enforcer. So when I got in, me and Sag get to the wrestling school, there ain't no fucking wrestling ring. There's Olympic mats. And for three months, we trained on Olympic mats and got thrown around like we were training for the Olympics. Like I was like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> and we started with 22 people. And me and Sag were the only ones to survive that camp. Wow. Awesome. And there were awesome people that went through that camp, including Ricky Steiner, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, Nord, uh, the Barbarian, or the Berserker. There's just a list of talent that went through Vern Gagne's school. And, I mean, we got killed. And the only reason me and Sag didn't leave is our car broke down, and we lived on the bottom of Brad's, and the school was right there, so there was no way. We were, like, caught in a trap, so we had to, <laughs> we had to get tortured every day. 
getting flipped around like you're a wet noodle by Brad Reagan and doing, we're, we're actually Olympic-style wrestling. I'm like, where the hell are the turnbuckles? Where are the ropes? <laughs> when is this stuff going to start? And then the worst was old Vern Gagne would come down at 60-some years old, take his tie off and then take his shirt off and get down on the mat with you and put you in these called shooter holes that can actually <laughs> break your whole wrist, your arm, your leg, and he'd get you in this hole and you're going, ah! Please, no, Vern. Yes, yes. This is why a, I didn't get into wrestling. Well, it was a, it, it was a respect <laughs> value that they tried to teach back in the day. The old school mentality was just like here in Florida with Eddie Graham. They broke Hulk Hogan's leg. Matsuda broke his ankle the first time he tried out. Wow! And that was the thing back then. They didn't want you to get past. They wanted you to be. Tougher than nails, and, and it was a respect thing. Wow. And they don't do that nowadays no more. I mean, you, you can't, but, you know, yeah. I think that's why wrestling maybe changed a little bit because back in the day, they taught you respect first, and then when you were finished, you didn't get right in the ring. You refereed, I, I and think... you drove the ring truck first, and then you refereed. And me and Sack drove the ring truck for about six months, but when the ring didn't show up to a town one day, and we were sitting at home drinking a beer, Vern gave us a call and said, never in night. 25 years of owning the wrestling AWA business has the ring never shown up to a town. And I said, it wasn't our turn to drive it. And the other time was we were late and we, went, we used to go out partying with like, uh, you know, Mr. Perfect, Jimmy Schnooka, right. Colonel De Beers, Hawk and Animal. And then all of a sudden we're driving and we're late already. So now the main eventers are always late to come to the show. Supposed to be there an hour before. So they're even like, they come there, maybe showtime or whatever. And all of a sudden, Kurt said he was driving. God bless his soul. He was one of our mentors, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. He was, isn't that the ring truck? And me and Zach was driving the ring truck. So we had to set the ring up while the people were there. And Fern was crazy. <laughs> Who do you guys think you are? So after that, we were no longer ring truck drivers. And they moved us up to refing. And from refing, <laughs> we went to wrestling. And our first matches were in Stevens Point, Wisconsin for ESPN. Oh, I was Brian Knobs. I had the one singlet with my one boob hanging out that flopped around because I really didn't have the See, but was that your right? Did you come up with that? Or did someone, like, set that up for you? Like your No, uh, my real last name is Yandrizovic. So I go out and raid a crippler Stevens was at the, uh, we call it the gorilla position now, named after Gorilla Monsoon. But before the wrestler goes out, he goes, what's your name, kid? And I said, Brian Yandrizovic, sir. He says, what? Brian Yandrizovic, you're going to have to change that shit. Well, my nickname growing up was Knobs. Why? Well, I used to take <laughs> doorknobs off. I used to take the, the channels off the, the TV. Oh, I used man. to chew I did on the them thing. and all that stuff. And I my, still do. And my uncle gave me the nickname Knobs, and it stuck with me. Wow. And then Sags was <laughs> so because perfect. of his last name, Saganovich. But I went to him. <laughs> How does Knobs sound, sir? Brian Knobs. He goes, that sounds good. Get the hell out there. And that's how Brian Knobs was born. Was your first match just completely improv Or was it just like, go out there, do whatever? No, was, uh, back in the day, it was more you're, you're improv. You learn different moves and counter moves. And that's what it was. You know, if someone throws you in, you know, hip toss, boom. But they weren't like, you're the toss. good guy or he's the bad guy. And this yeah, they were still, well, they were still kind of, uh, I wrestled uh, Johnny Rich, Tommy Rich's cousin. And he was definitely the good guy, so I went out and got on the people and was presumably the bad guy, which, you know, I, I preferred in my days of wrestling. It's better, you know, you, tell a... somebody to eat shit than, you know, have to <laughs> kiss to their ass. Than to not eat shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, to kiss I, their ass. You, you kind of made a name being a heel. Yeah, you, yeah. You've been a heel far more than you've been a face, right? Uh, you know what? About half, because yeah. they changed us in WWE. The fans changed us. 
And oh. then the same thing happened in WCW. We were heels, and then the fans changed us in WCW. So. How, how did the fans change? The fans just started rooting for you. Like there was, you know, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's awesome. One day they liked us. We're like, what the hell? All the stuff we were doing, you know, like Pity City that you're going to get later when your face oh, goes in my yeah. open. I'm, I'm looking know, forward to it now. You know, I'm looking stuff. forward to it. And, yeah. uh, you know, just the way we acted and, uh, you know, the way we acted outside the ring also. I mean, back in the day, the wrestlers that came up, part of their persona was actually what is inside them. Like the Jake the Snakes, like the Rick Martells, like I said, uh, Hulk Hogan's. There will never be another Hulk Hogan, ever. And there's John Cena, there's The Rock, but he's the one that stamped it and blew it out to mm-hmm. generations to come and made it this big, along with Vince McMahon. Yeah. Them two together were phenomenal. Without them, wrestling wouldn't be as big. But back in the day, you had the Bruno San Martinos, superstar Billy Grahams, Dusty Rhodes. I mean, the name list goes on and on. The Funk Brothers. You can never say one person, but... You can say Hulk Hogan was the one to stamp, boom, and went nationwide. Back in the day, there used to be little territories. So AWA, NWA, and WWWF were the big ones. You know, it was three Ws, a Worldwide Wrestling Federation, I think it was called. Then there was NWA, and then there was AWA, American Wrestling Association. That's what we were in. That was in Minnesota. People like wrestling there because most of the time, you wrestle only half the year. You made good money, and the other half, you were off. Because it snowed, bad weather, whatever, yeah. right. Back in the day with WWF, I mean, it was a grind. We were going 300 days a year, double shots on Saturday and Sunday. Like, you'd go Detroit during the afternoon, fly to Chicago at night, Minnesota during the afternoon, fly somewhere else at night. You know, like, that, that they were close. So how you know are you I mean? not worn out all the time? Because I'm you, worn you, out you, listening you, to it. You're just, <laughs> you just, you just getting that mode, and you go, and you're there to not, you know, only wrestle, but entertain. and. You know, you're making good money, so you just suck it up. You know what I mean? Nowadays, I, they have, now, nowadays they have trainers and everything. I mean, I would have Back given in up. our days, we just had locker room doctors and locker room lawyers that told you, I think this is wrong with you. I think this is wrong with you. But you had to wrestle the next night because if you Your didn't, you didn't get paid. It, get back out there. Yeah, wrap it up. You know, tape it up and go back out there and Tuck wrestle. it in. Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's going to get Pity City. Oh, I know, I know. I might, have to you... give, I might have give him the Rikishi. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't wipe too well today. I was teaching him about what that meant earlier, yeah. so he's ready. He's like, ready. Rikishi, has, oh, he'll geez. put the ass in the face. You know, we'll give you the old stink face. Yep. Yeah, but, I do that to other people, so it's, it's what I deserve, I guess. It's justice yeah. is what it is. Yeah, but if you get Pity City, oh, that's a stinky, nasty that's situation. So, uh, if you're not brother. familiar with Pity City, that's uh, Nob's trademark move. It involves his armpit. Me and Sag, uh, we take our opponents when they're down and put them in our sweaty armpit after we've been sweating for about 15 minutes. Especially if we didn't take a shower the night before. Yeah, I'm a little scared right now. Yeah, it gets pretty rank in there, you know. We didn't get no the, deodorant. I'm assuming. Yeah, no, no, why no, not? Oh, yeah. I, we didn't get the word "nasty boys" for nothing. Hey, nasty I am, baby. What can I say? Did you go. did you come up with that move, or was uh, it like a marketing thing? Like, or did you like this is our move? We came up with it, and then uh, Roddy Piper kind of said, "Hey, only use it oh, on special right. occasions." Every uh, occasion, yeah, special. Yeah, you know, because he said, you know, then the fans will want it more and more, and that's what happened. And you know, we had a lot of teaching from a lot of great wrestlers, from the Jimmy Schnookas to the Hulk Hogan's to the Roddy Pipers, that gave us advice along the way to hone our craft, which wrestling is definitely an art form. Mm-hmm. Not everybody can go out and do what we do. No. Nope. And, you know, it's an honor that the fans, when they go to these Comic-Cons, they still come up and they love us and they they want pictures with us. And they say, your era in the the early 80s was still on our minds. We taught our kids to watch the videotapes we have and all that stuff. 
The fans made us. Without the fans, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here talking with you right now. 27 years later, I'm still out there doing it. June 7th, I'll be out there at City Field at New York Mets Stadium, the old Chase Stadium. That we're having uh, Legends of Wrestling, something I started with my partners, Frank Santini, Goldberg, and right. Uncle Louie. It's more like we're bringing all of our friends, all our rowdy friends back together. And then, man. And then beating each other up. So, we, well, we got the Bret Hart, Goldberg, Ric Flair, RVD, Demolition, the Nasty Boys, Lita, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I mean, there's uh, just so many names. RVD, like, crazy. I mean, I'm going to need mean, to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, well, you can't watch it. It's only going to be at City Field. Oh, uh, it's not like televised. No, no. No. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Aww. But we're, we're, we are going to different stadiums. We're doing it with Major League Baseball. And we got stuff going with the military right now. And it uh, looks like we're going to try to get in with the NFL and NBA and also all kinds of stuff. So if you go to thelegendsofwrestling.com, you can even hire the Nasty Boys if you want them at a bachelor party. Hey. Come on, I gotta tell you. If you want to have a party, hire the nasty boys, baby. (laughs) We'll show you what it's all about. I'll tell you. Okay, okay, okay. This is important. How much and what do you get? (laughs) That's why you gotta go to the website and talk to the manager. (laughs) You know, and you you get it all, brother. Let me tell you. You don't want to get us in a tea back or nothing like that, but you'll have the time of your life. (laughs) That's gonna be a party where the cops are involved at some point. That's that's why, you know, the nasty. Nasty Boys got their rep. It was the rep not only inside the ring, but outside the ring there were stories, too. So, I heard you, you know. got into some legitimate scuffles. Well, one time after uh, a match. Scuffles. Scuffles. One time after a match, I actually, you know, it was me, IRS, Mike Rotundo, and my partner. And we're driving back from a match after we just got Subway. And we're going back to the hotel, Some and this way. guy kept them pulling in front of us, jamming on the brakes, trying to swerve us off the road. What the hell was this? And finally, they jammed on the brakes, and the one guy comes out, so I get out of the front, like, what's your problem, buddy? He throws a swing, and I blocked it, and I grabbed him, and I started punching him, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I knocked him down, and the other guy gets out of the car, and right there, and I felt tons of blood coming out of my hand. I said, Sags, he got a knife. Here, the guy oh, lunged at Sags, and hit Sags, his lucky Sag got a leather jacket, and I hit him here, Sag front faced him, and smashed him into the concrete. This is in the middle of the road, like, on a, on, on a back street shit. road here. And, and, then, and then Mike Rotunda was got the one guy, and while my partner and the other guy down, this other guy came out with jumper cables and flash sag from here Whoa, to here. Oh, twirling yeah. jumper cables. Jesus. So now we, we got these what guys. What city was this? Peoria, Illinois. Yeah, don't go there. Illinois? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be Detroit. No. And after that, this was after a match. We must have got so much heat, but whatever we did in the ring, that they wouldn't, like, 
kill us or whatever. The guy had a boot knife. So I thought he was punching me. He was actually stabbing Stunning. me here, there. Oh. And one in my stomach down here. Oh, wow. Like, you know? So then afterwards, we got him laid out. We said, screw the guys laying on the ground. Got to go to the hospital. They put it in. We rushed to the hospital. I keep my arm up. And I had a Oakland Raiders sweatshirt that cut me off at the bottom. So Sag comes in with me. They put me in a wheelchair. I come running in. They, they stand me up. Now we're in the emergency room. And Sag's right behind me. And they flipped the sweatshirt up. And all the blood coagulated Aww. together. And it all went on the floor and went, boop, 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 boop. And my, my partner went, Oh my God, his liver! And I went. <laughs> they said, "Get him out of here!" I fainted right there. And then when I came out, everything you know was good. Well, that wasn't really up. your liver, was it? Uh, no, no. It was, all, it, was, <laughs> was it, was, it was all the blood though that came Jesus down and stuck like in a pile. But you know what? Uh, had to go to court and everything, and they did do some time. The two guys just over wrestling. I mean, what? Some fans that were at. Oh, they were fans. Okay, that's were, the part I didn't get. They were fans. Yeah, they were fans after the matches. Not followed us and. <laughs> No, they were fans that they hated it, us yeah. so much that they wanted to, you know. That's crazy. Yeah. And you know what? To tell you the truth, that happened back in the day to a lot of wrestlers. When they had came out, there was none of them guardrails there. You had to watch what CDUs were in. Because, you know, guys like uh, they just come right Gene up. Anderson and, and Ole Anderson, mm -hmm. guys come in and try to stick them or stab them. Like, even when it's, you're wrestling Puerto Rico. No metal Rico, detectors back and, in and, the day. And, and, and when you wrestle Puerto Rico and stuff, you had to watch it all the time because the fans would go crazy. I mean, one time when we were in Singapore, we jumped the killer bees, and the whole fans, they all charged the ring, and they were throwing shoes at us, water bottles, and everything. We had to fight our way back to the locker oh room. God. You know? oh See, my. like, okay, if I saw this, like, televised, I'd be like, that's stage. It's not at no, all. No, that wasn't stage at all. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, like you got in the locker room, going, yeah, I got that son of a bitch. Bam, man, I got this but son of a bitch. But then it gives you a chance to beat up a fan if they're going after you. Well, they, I, <laughs> you, know, you can't normally do that until no, they go after you. If they come in underneath over that rail inside it's, the it's ring, it's fair open. Game. Oh, it's fair game. game. You're like, I was waiting for this, buddy. It is rabbit <laughs> season. Bam. Listen, one time we jumped in at a steel cage match against Ultimate Warrior. Right? All right. God bless his soul. And against Sergeant Slaughter. He was a bad guy. And because me and Sag, we jump in the cage at the end, start beating on the warrior. Like five seconds into it, some guy jumped on his on our backs. He jumped over the well, up the fence, he over, the, over fence. the cage. <laughs> he went over the cage. It was the, it was the old kind of cage with the the big uh, the, the big squares. squares right? So he got over, boom, jumped on our backs. All of a sudden, Sag goes, "Who the hell is that?" I said, "I don't know." We turned around. Boom, and Sag beat the hell out of him. There's no one, like, watching not, the cage? Not a, not a cops get him, right? And now the next day, it's in the paper. Here he was wanted for some kind of real warrant. He did a felony, like, bank <laughs> robbery or something like that. <laughs> so oh, my God. Oh, yeah, you saved the day. Yeah, we saved the day. <laughs> that's when you <laughs> became <laughs> the hero. Yeah, yeah that's, that's probably when we became the hero. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a heel that face was turn. Hard, I, I think it was Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you guys have it rough, and I would never want to do this. I gotta yeah. tell you, you you're naming wow. towns that I don't normally think of as being like rowdy towns, and the weirdest shit happens. Yeah, there. well, the fans, the fans get crazy and down south. Sports fans, down man. south, they really they can mm -hmm. get crazy. Texas can get crazy. Well, you know? Texas, oh, I believe yeah. that. You know, you know, it's part of the job, but nowadays it's more safe. They had the rails around the ring. They had this, you know, back in the day, you know, it was full bore, blown out, you know. I lived like a Rolling Stone for like 15 years. I just don't look like Keith Richards yet. Oh, thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. So it only took him 30 years to put out some safety measures. Yeah, yeah. safety yeah. measures and good for all the boys. So monologues for promos. That's impressive work. You mentioned Ultimate Warrior, like his Crash the Plane monologue from WrestleMania 6 is incredible. 
So like, what's the art of the monologue? You're talking about all the training you did. What about the training to like to do something like that? That's that came out inside. And another thing today, and you know, everything changes. Even in baseball, football, yeah. they can't hit the quarterback like you used to. In wrestling today, it changed that they have writers and producers, and they're writing guys their stuff. And I don't prefer that as much. And you know, I even talked to Stone Cold about it, and you know, he don't really agree with it too much because. Stone Cold made his living being Stone Cold. Nasty yeah. Boys made his living being Nasty Boys. Ultimate Warrior made his living. And that came out from inside you, the interview, like right. Hulk Hogan. I'm driving brother down the 405 with my Harley, you know. That came out from being Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Now, how can you write yeah, for Hulk write, Hogan yeah. if you're not Hulk Hogan? I agree. You know what I mean? That comes yeah. from your inner self. And that's how it came. It used to come from your inner self. You'd be thinking of that. Take a walk down Nasty Boulevard. Hey, come to Nastyville, baby, you know. And it just comes to you, and it's part of you being who you are. So people will say, oh, your era, you know, you know, is, was unforgettable, this and that. Well, that was them guys. You were yourself. Jake the Snake had awesome interviews. He used to get me slow talking. You know, you could tell what he's going to say, but he was real devilish at, he, at what he said. But that was part of Jake. It came out of the person, and today they don't have that. I think, I'm not, I'm not sure how they do with the big guys anymore, but I know a lot of it is written down and they want you to say what's on the card. And back in the day, it was all ab lib, man. You went out there and you, you did an interview and you did it, it came from the heart. And you used to have to do one for every town. Like when we got the TV, we'd be in an interview booth for sometimes two, three hours doing every individual town we're going to be doing the next month and a half. You know, like Peoria, Illinois. I'm coming back, so don't stab me this time. <laughs> you, you, know, you can laugh about it now. Uh, so, so my, what am I, <laughs> just now, it's okay. It's just, it's just a few stab wounds. Stab wounds. Whatever. <laughs> and you know what? My big stomach helped me. He didn't get to the good so stuff. Probably yeah, saved you. Actually, yeah, die yeah, as soon as yeah. I get stabbed. So I need to eat more. I need to eat more right now. Yeah, yes. there you go. One of my favorite stories is Macho Man was apparently bet some amount of money to just pick something on the breakfast table and do a promo on it. And it's his cream of the crop with creamers promo. Did you guys ever do any weird, like, someone's like, oh yeah, you got a cup promo, but like say dick in it or something. You know, they'll say something about a, about a underwear or something weird like that. Not really. I mean, <laughs> it was you know, just yeah, I don't know. Like, no, no, I mean, if you, had a, if you had something to talk about, you always tried to keep it within what you were doing. Right. Now, if you're in a city that has different, like a sandwich or something, you might even name that deli. I'm going to go down to this, you know, place and eat and whatever. Yeah, Cleveland steamer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know. And after you, I'm going to throw it up in your face after I slam you and body slam you 25,000 times. Oh, it's directed to me, I think. Yeah. Two boys, one cup. <laughs> <laughs> one time, seriously, Sag ate a strawberry shortcake from Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, 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 they made yeah. Yeah, back in the day. And I said, what are you eating that before a match for? Before you know it, this was in Mid-South. I was the Memphis Territory, Mid-South Coliseum. Before you know it, it was laying in the ring. I went, I, you know, now nobody, everybody's wrestling around it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this big piece of uh, strawberry shortcake is barfed up in the ring. Oh, oh man. That's not good. Nasty, no. boys. Wonderful.
<laughs> Someone should have just scooped well, up and thrown it, but... I mean, that place it. was officially nasticized. I oh, mean, yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh, that, you That's how me? it's done. That's how it's done the right way. <laughs> Throw up in the ring, keep wrestling. And that's why we said they're a bunch of nasty boys, you know? <laughs> so Brandon here wants to learn how to be as nasty as possible, and he actually has come up with a few names oh, of moves. Here, um, but he doesn't know what to do with them. So he's so, curious, if he gave you the names, if you could help him devise what these moves okay. might be. I wrote be. some names down. I have no idea what they mean, but in your mind, what you think they should be. Okay. So one of them is called uh, the Brown Mist. The Brown Mist, please. <laughs> your head needs to get out of the porno book. <laughs> well, the Brown that, Mist. That's going to cut out half of his suggestions. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, another one I had was like the Pink Tail. Like, what would that be? <laughs> the Pink Tail. Exactly. I don't know what it would be. <laughs> no. No? Right. See, that's why you're a nerd. See, yeah, that's but why you, I don't know But you still have the sense of mind of maybe <laughs> one day. I can get the right name. No. Well, there's the there's like the crotch cracker, but that pretty much tells you what it's gonna be. I don't know how. Wait, which is a saltine cracker? Yeah, it's what a cracker. Versus it's a the brown mist, that's <laughs> the crotch cracker. You know where my mind is, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know where the hell your mind is right now. I had one that was the Hiroshima. You must I don't be know the, what that you must is. be the wacky nerd. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. I'm just I'm the video game nerd. Or the that's perverted I nerd. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, probably. But we're all pretty guilty of that. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at us. What was it like getting yourself put in video games, action figures, that process of becoming Larger than life to that. Do you degree. own them? Unbelievable. Well, I have them at home, yeah. but I always loved my action figure because my action figure always had muscles and no gut <laughs> and it look, always looked fantastic. I didn't know how to do that back then. You know, the face looked good too. There's nothing like having your own action figure. It's unbelievable. It makes you really feel proud that you did something in this pro wrestling business, which is so hard to get into because there ain't too many spots to go. It yeah. ain't like Major League Baseball. It ain't like and NFL where you have 32. It. Yeah. it ain't like they have 32 teams or whatever and such big uh, roster. They only have so many people. And nowadays, it's kind of mixed through that. There's only one big league, which is WWE, and they still put out a number one product. So, I mean, without going to WrestleMania 7 and winning the belts off the Hart Foundation, that's what stamped and legitimized the Nasty Boys. Yeah. And now I'm here with the nerds. There you go. <laughs> that's it, that's baby. What ha- that's what happens. You know, I mean, I, I, I really was proud with every action figure. Even the last one I brought out was with me, Sag, and Jimmy Hart in a three-pack for the WWE. Oh, that's and, awesome. And with the megaphone, and they had our sunglasses in there. And, awesome. You know, and my wife made all these shirts. She flash painted them by hand. And uh, we used to wear the, the sweatshirts. You know, we just came up with uh, an idea. And back in the day... We came out, we had like spandex. If you see our first match, we had yellow spandex and black tights with like a double Olympic. They had a double side like singlet, you know. So Jerry the King Lawler came and said, you guys call yourself the Nasty Boys, but you really don't dress like it. And we said, you're right. So we came out and we were the first ones to start covering up our body. Thank the Lord. <laughs> so we came with the sweatshirts and the splash paint. Yeah, everyone else and was just like boys and, Yeah, and everybody else had some other kind of gimmick, but we started covering it up. We wore them gloves in the beginning. And then uh, one thing we didn't like was Lawler wanted to paint our faces, and we did that in the beginning. And he was a great artist, Jerry Lawler. He painted our faces, but we didn't like that because the Road Warriors were like that. Mm-hmm. The Road Warriors painted their faces. We wanted to be yeah. just these haircuts and be who we were so we got rid of the paint all we had left out was our arms so when we worked out 
Our arms look good. And, you know, if they, if they got any smaller, we would just live, wear long sleeve sweatshirts. You know what I mean? So You guys kind of changed everything with that because you look at just a few years later. Everyone every, started everybody started, like yeah, everybody started covering up. It was a kind of a, a change. It was called the cover up, but now a lot of people do it. But nowadays, they're back to everybody is all tatted up and just, everybody wears, just wears their trunks. And back in our day, there were so many different guys, like I was talking about before, with different gimmicks. Like you had Boss Man, you had Nails, you had, uh, you know, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, you know. I mean, just different people that everybody had like a different persona and a different look that not everybody looked the same, you know. Even Doink the Clown, please. Uh. He's I don't know favorites. Oh, he was a clown. He had like joint yeah, buzzers probably and stuff. Yeah, I don't know about him. Yeah. yeah then, then he had a miniature version of him named yeah. Dink. Yeah, Dink. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It was great. Was it, was it a short person? Yes. A person. Yeah, a little yeah. person. It was a midget. A midget, yeah. <laughs> I could As call, they preferred to be called. I could call him midget because I did Hulk Hogan Celebrity Championship well, for, okay, uh, Wrestling. And then I went from that, I went to Michael Championship Wrestling, which was yeah, Midget that, Championship Wrestling. And they, wanted, they preferred to be called midgets to people I hung around with. Like Justice and Meatball and Blicks and Demo. They were all. And then there were three girls, uh, Trixie, and there was Jersey Jess and Darla. Sounds and, like a good time. And, you know, I was yeah, stuck in a 1985 Winnebago for six, seven months. Let's see if you can handle that for seven I, seven. I couldn't handle it for seven minutes. <laughs> I, 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 I dreamt the midgets for like... Nine months after that, instead of sheep, there were midgets going around in my head. So, so Nobs, you got the uh, the Legends of Wrestling. What are some key dates people should know about coming up? June 7th at City Field. They can get in contact with going uh, to Mets.com slash wrestling. And tickets are on sale. We got everybody coming out there. I mean, uh, there's also different signings going on. It's like a WrestleFest. Pictures are taking the ring with different wrestlers. So it's going to be fun. And then July 31st. We'll be down at the Marlins Stadium. It's going to be uh, me and my partner, Cactus Jack, or Mick Foley, uh, Kevin Kevin Nash, and uh, the new guy that got put in the Hall of Fame. Yay! Whoa! Bushwhacker Luke's coming down <laughs> there with us. And we got a bunch of other things coming on along with some Comic-Cons. I, I love going to the Comic-Cons. They're really a lot of fun. So you have your origin story. You fought your way up from nothing. You became the Nasty Boys. Yeah. The fans decided when you were heroes or not. You stopped a bank robber. <laughs> you got, you got, you got stabbed. stabbed. <laughs> like, this is a you're superhero pretty much a superhero. Story. From every movie I've ever seen, you're pretty much a superhero at this point. Well, thank you. You're I appreciate welcome. that. I was rather than ever called a superhero, but I'm pretty sure it you feels are. good to be one. Yeah. yeah. You're, 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 you're a little. You're, Pretty City's uh, coming, baby. Are you serious about that? Are you Are you serious about taking us to Pity City? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pity City. Yes, I'm taking us to Pity City. We will find a ring close and might even show you a few things. You won't get hurt, I promise. Everyone will have pity on me once oh, it happens. Oh, my God. Okay, so if that's a for real thing, um, that's going to be a separate video. We're going to wrap up this interview segment. Nob, thank you so much for joining us for this. This has thank been incredible. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you to Twopper for requesting this Nerdy Show episode. If you would like to also request your own Nerdy Show topic, easy to do. We're entirely listener-supported. You can back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdyshow. All you got to do is sign up in the proper tier, get yourself a microsode. We do monthly drawings. Knobs is all into it. You can also, if you can't afford to support us on Patreon monthly, if you purchase stuff on Amazon, and I'm certain you do, I know there's a lot of uh, wrestling merchandise on Amazon, all you got to do is go to nerdyshow.com slash Amazon, and it gives back to Nerdy Show. What you'd be buying anyway, 
we get something back. It's incredible. So do it if you can. And uh, also, if you haven't heard yet, Nerdy FM, our 24-7 nerd music radio station at nerdy.fm, we have an app now. iPhone and Android, you can listen to that music anywhere you want, anytime. Favorite tracks, if you hear something you like, come back to it later. Never be without Nerdy Show in your pocket, giving you the best nerdy entertainment in the multiverse. I even gave him sign a pair of shitty underwear for me he could put on Amazon for the nerdy show. <laughs> My underwear is literally shitty right now. So that oh would work. Oh, God. Yeah. What? Did you nasty I had too much, much coffee. Did you lose it? I had too much coffee and I nasticized it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. Remember to subscribe to us for the video on the Nerd Nation Network. And uh, also, hey, just check out Nerdy Show on YouTube as well because we're everywhere you want to be. Facebook, Twitter, all that. Like us, follow us. And uh, Taking Us Out is a track from Corey Johnson, who made an incredible record based on the score of the video game Earthbound. But just like that game, it was infused with a lot of pop culture elements. And this particular track we're going to play, well, it's actually the first place I heard Ultimate Warrior's Crash the Plane monologue, because it's embedded in the background of this. This is the music that plays in the game when you get game over, and the game asks you if you have the strength to continue on. And uh, he's juxtaposed those concepts. This is Ode to Timothy by Corey Johnson from his album, Earthbound. You boys have just been nasty-sized. Get it out. Work out. <laughs> oh, thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Brandon. I'm Jan. I'm the nasty boy, and we're all nerdies here, baby. <laughs> As you traveled by conventional means, then normals you travel.
Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. You can subscribe to Nerdy Show via iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like and share, and follow Nerdy Show on all your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we got it covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.